Good morning, my friends, and uh, welcome. This is Drumroll, finally arrived, the last Sunday of this Easter season. This season that we've been looking at renewal, restoration, resurrection, new life, and new possibilities. And, and, and here at Regen, we've been exploring these various encounters that Jesus had with his friends and his disciples. These are the encounters that they had with the risen Christ. Um, most of them have been in the Gospel of John. Uh, one was in Luke. But we looked at Mary in the garden, right? Don't cling to me. The Emmaus Road in Luke, right, where they recognized Christ in the breaking of the bread and ran back to that upper room in Jerusalem. Then the next week, the actual upper room in Jerusalem where Christ breathed that peace into their very nostrils and said, I send you out. But then, remember, one wasn't there, right? Who was it? Faithful Thomas. He was there. The next week, we talked about him last week. And most of these have been taking place on that Easter Sunday, or with Thomas, it was the week after. Well, today we're going to move forward. We're going to move a few weeks uh, ahead, a lot closer to Jesus' ascension, which is what we're going to celebrate next week. Um, today we're going towards the shore of Lake Tiberias, or the Lake of Gennesaret, or the Lake of Kinneret, 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 Kinneret. Or the Sea of Galilee, you take your pick. Um, same body of water, it was just named different things depending on where you were standing on, 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 on shore. Uh, Andrew gave the intro to these verses that I'm preaching on today a few weeks back uh, in his message earlier this season. So let's pray and then we're going to pick back up where Andrew left off. I'll give you a little bit of uh, context before we get in, but let's, let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll dig in. Creator God, Christ Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. As we wrap up this Easter season, as we look forward and hope to celebrating Ascension next week, may you give us new eyes with which to see resurrection, a new eyes with which to see restoration, forgiveness. Would you give us new ears to hear, new hearts that align with your more sacred heart, new hands and feet with which to engage our homes and our communities. So that way we can take the liturgy of this service into the liturgy of the service of our week. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, so um, we're back on the shore of Lake Tiberias. I believe that's what John calls it in this particular section, so we're going to go with that. So we're back on the shore of Lake Tiberias. If you remember a few weeks back when Andrew began this account, many of Jesus, and I'm going to put this in parentheses, many of Jesus former disciples, because we know that they actually were truly his disciples through most, most of them, even to martyrdom. But at this point, they're kind of feeling like former disciples at this point, you know, but they were fishing. They caught nothing all night. Yet again, there's Christ on the shore. He tells them and he implores them, let the nets back out and they catch a big fish. Most likely, like Andrew said, bringing back some fond memories of another time where they caught nothing at night and there was a guy on a shore who helped them catch a bunch of fish. So, um, so Peter, very excited, you know, sees Jesus. He runs out of the boat. You know, he puts his, you know, girds himself, it says, with his uh, regular clothes back on, whatever his fishing clothes were. I don't know, but girds himself again, runs to embrace Jesus, and that's kind of where Andrew left off was, was, was in those exchanges, uh, and then you'll see where we're going. So John chapter 21, we're going to start in verse 9, if you happen to be following around, along. And so this is kind of like a transition. Part of this is what Andrew read, and then we're going to get into the next section. 
uh, in John 21, 9, when therefore they had disembarked onto the land, they see a charcoal fire. Remember G- Andrew talked about that first Easter brunch, right? Jesus had some, something there for them. And this charcoal fire is going to be important this morning. Not only is it on the screen behind me, there's a reason why that's there. I promise you'll see in just a moment. So they see a charcoal fire laid out, a fish line on it, as well as a loaf of bread. So many significant things here, symbols of, you know, fish and the bread and all this stuff. Simon Peter went up and dragged along the net, net of a great many of fish, 153. I guess that was really important to put that number in there. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. And so Jesus says to them, come, break your fast. And that was that first Easter breakfast Andrew talked about. And here's where I want to pause, and I want to look at one word in the Greek from this, these, few, uh, these three or four verses. When therefore they had disembarked onto the land, they see, and I mentioned it twice, anthrakian, a charcoal fire, or a fire of coals, literally a fire of coals laid out. And it's interesting to note that throughout the Gospels, throughout all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are references to poor, poor, pure, which is a wood-burning fire that Jesus and his disciples obviously would have used in order to keep warm and, and, and to cook food. But this particular Greek word, anthrakian, meaning charcoal fire, only appears two times. In the entirety of the New Testament, both in John, one here in, tw- in 21 and previously in chapter 18. You right, might remember the story from various Good Friday accounts where Simon Peter uh, followed Jesus from the garden into the courts of the chief priests, right? He was with another disciple who knew the chief priests. But Peter stood outside the gate because he didn't want to get too close. And this is, what, this is from John's writing. So the disciple who was known to the chief priest went out and spoke to the girl keeping the gate, conducted Peter in, made him come in. So the maidservant who was keeping the gate says to Peter, but are you not also one of this man's disciples? And Peter says, I am not. So the servants and the officers were standing there having made anthrakian, having made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were warming themselves. And so Peter was with them standing there warming himself. Then verse 25, they said to him again, are you not one of his disciples? He denied it, said, I'm not. Then one of the chief priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, I mean, that guy really wanted it, but I had it in for him, right? Says, well, come on, did I not see you in the garden with him? So again, Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed, the rooster crows. So now we're starting to build a framework, right? A charcoal fire on the beach, a charcoal fire in that courtyard. But yet as just as, as these like really good shows that you watch on you know, Netflix or, or Hulu or HBO, the, these good investigative style movies and documentaries, there's always flash, some of the good ones, they'll almost give you the ending in the beginning, but then you gotta like, they use flashbacks to kind of catch up. We're gonna go back even further now, okay? Just to a few short verses, uh, a few hours before this account of Peter denying Jesus to get a fuller picture of this anthrakian, this symbolism of this charcoal fire. Because just a few hours before, we catch Jesus and Peter having another discussion around that table at what we call the Last Supper. Now we're in John chapter 13, okay? And this is when Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. You love one another, by this everyone will know that you love me, okay? And then Simon Peter says, hey, Lord, where are you going? Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you'll follow me later. But get this, Simon Peter says to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my suke, 
my soul, my very being. We get our English word psyche or psychology from this word. I'll lay down my suke, my soul for you. And what does Jesus say? Will you really lay down your soul for me? He goes, amen, I tell you, truly, truly, most assuredly, a cock will not crow before you deny me three times. So building the narrative here, we see Peter verbally pledging allegiance to his friend, to Christ in the upper room. Then just a few short hours later, that verbal allegiance didn't go very far because when push came to shove, he could have backed up that claim, right, that I will follow you anywhere, but, but he got afraid. He couldn't back up these words at that time around that first anthrakian, on that first charcoal fire. He doesn't have it in him, and he shuts down and forsakes his friend. So Jesus, being Jesus, what does he do? Instead of coming back, you know, rising and coming back and chastising Peter and, 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 and beating him down, making him feel bad, um, he builds Peter another anthrakian, another charcoal fire. He gives him a redo of sorts and provides him a space, a space to confront his feelings and these memories that are no doubt burned into Peter's mind. He's, he, he, Jesus knows he needs Peter to fulfill this mission. Peter's been with him the whole time. And so these memories are no doubt burned into Peter. He's got to be feeling shamed. He comes running off the boat. And lo and behold, there's another charcoal fire sitting there. So after these two flashbacks, now we're going to pick up around the charcoal fire, okay? Verse 15. So when therefore, uh, we're in John 21, 15, if you're following around, where John writes, when therefore they had breakfasted, I promise you that's an actual Greek word meaning to break your fast. It's a verb, breakfasted, okay? When therefore they had breakfasted, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, agapas. It's one Greek word for, for, for love. Do you truly, like, really love me more than these, more than this? Like, the fish and all the things in the world that you denied me for. Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that philo. Now, some reason John changes what Peter says here to a different word, philo, more like a friend. Like, love you as a friend, not as much as the agape, like, true, deep down kind of love. I don't know if there's too much significance to this, to be honest with you. I looked up, and there was, it was such varying, you know, difference of opinions in, in, in commentaries. Um, I'm going to go with my professor from Hebrew Greek and then the uh, N.T. Wright. They both agree and say they don't think there's much significance between the difference in the words. So for this morning's purposes, maybe next year I'll find the, the significance and the differences and we'll go through it. But um, okay, so anyways, I'm, I'm getting off track. So he says, yes, Lord, you know that I philo, I love you as a friend. And so then Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Well, Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you as a friend. He says to him, then shepherd my sheep. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Three denials around that first charcoal fire, and now three opportunities around the second charcoal fire to, for Peter to repent and be restored, along with three opportunities to be forgiven and for Christ to even build Peter back up. Peter given assurance through Christ that his true calling as shepherd was still on. Game on for Peter still. Peter's still moving forward at this new charcoal fire. Because here, verse 17, the third time Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John. But now Jesus does change that word to phylos, like that, 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 do you love me as a friend? And so Peter now is experiencing deep emotional pain that this third time he had said, phylos, do you love me as a friend? 
And he told him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus says to him, well, then feed my sheep. Verse 18, amen, amen, truly, truly. And if you see amen, amen, truly, truly from Jesus, it means what I'm going to say now is super important. Not that everything else isn't important, but this is super important. I say to you, when you were neosteros, when you were young, literally this means when you were a young moon, when you were a new, when you were a new moon, you dressed yourself and walked where you wished. However, when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, another will gird you, will dress you, and bring you where you do not wish. Verse 19, and he said this, giving a sign by what death Peter would doxa, would glorify, doxology, glorify God. And saying this, he says to him, akulathe, follow me. That same word, follow me, back full circle to when Jesus initially called Peter, called the others off of a boat from fishing on the, same, on the shore of the same body of water after a big catch of fish. And you see, what makes this, I think, exchange so beautiful is that by way of forgiveness and restoration, Jesus is not only giving Peter his dignity back, but he's also giving him something to do. Remember we talked about faith being an action last week? He's giving Peter something to do, an action to take. Because I think previous to this exchange, I get the sense that Peter and these others are starting to give up, right? They're going back to what they know. They're, they're, they're giving up on this whole kingdom thing, uh, this whole following Christ thing. I mean, think about it, right? They're back at the job they were in the beginning three or four years ago. They're, 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 they're done fishing, and they're, they're back fishing like they once did before they even met Christ. And so disillusioned by what's taken place, Peter's also got this other charcoal fire in his mind, and he's like, oh man, when he sees Jesus on shore, he's probably thinking, you know, even if this is happening, even if this really is Jesus, the risen Christ, there's no way I can still be called the shepherd. I, I, I messed up. Yet, and this is really important here, Jesus is allowing Peter the dignity of causality in his kingdom. And not just with any job, but with a job that shadows Christ's own heart, that of shepherding those that Christ has compassion for. Three questions. Jesus has three questions for Peter, echoing Peter's three denials a few weeks back. Probably as the charcoal fire is bringing back these memories, burning Peter's lungs, it's no doubt bringing these memories of agony of that night that both Jesus and and Peter encountered, yet this time in a relational way, in a way, where, in a way where Peter can be restored through Christ. And think about a time where you may have let someone down, someone that you truly love, someone that you truly care about, or perhaps someone let you down. Because let's face it, it's going to happen in, in pretty much every relationship. Think about a time when you wish you could rewind the tape and have that happen all over again. Maybe it was many years ago. Maybe it was just yesterday. I, I don't know. But either way, imagine. And perhaps this is part of your story as well, the story that we're reading this morning. And I pray that this type of restoration is a part of your story. And I implore you, if it's not, just try to seek amends, whether it's even for someone else who needs to hear these words of Christ. Imagine being given a safe space, the same space that Christ gives Peter to be forgiven and restored. 
What a gift. And that's a gift that we all have in, in Christ Jesus. I'm going to invite Doug and uh, Rich to come up and start playing some music. Um, you see, Christ wants us to find that love and peace and forgiveness. Christ wants us to find that, right? Seek, knock, seek, and you'll find it, he says. He wants to heal the hurts and failures of the past within our own souls, and he wants to give us, then even more, he wants to give us work to do. That even though we often mess up, there's still a place and a need for you and me within his body. Much like Thomas last week, Peter did go through his own inner battle with the divine, yeah? You know, Peter obviously had his, had his doubts. Is it really worth following Christ around that first charcoal fire? I don't know if it is. I don't even want to say I know him. Following him, if that's going to get me killed, I want no part of that. But as the book of Acts shows us, Christ indeed did do that. I mean, Peter did indeed do that. He did become that compassionate shepherd Jesus called him to be both in the beginning and then again on that shore again. He loved Jesus. Peter loved the sheep, and he looked after the sheep. And again, like Thomas, Peter was killed. He was martyred for entrusting in the ways of Christ. You see, just like Thomas isn't the doubter, Peter's not the denier. That's not what, that's not his identity. You know, uh, I believe it was uh, Henry Nouwen in his, uh, we've talked about this before, about your identity doesn't lie in what you are, like who you have, like what you have, what you do, what others think about you. A number of years later, he actually added another one on. He goes, it's not your worst moment of life. And then he says, it's also not, you're not, your identity's not your best moment in life either. So think about it. These identities for these men, the denier, the, the doubter, that's not their identity. Those are not our identities either. Peter then entrusted in the ways of love and peace and beauty. And that's what Jesus was alluding to at the end of our text here when he said those words, right? I tell you, when you were young, when you were that young new moon, you dressed yourself. You went and did what you pleased, but yet as you grow older, you're going to be handcuffed. And you're going to get dressed by someone else. And he said this to give him a sign of the death that Peter would use to doxa, right? doxology, to glorify God. And in saying this, he says, follow me. Wrapping up full circle back to the beginning of all this for Peter. Again, no formal contemplative practice this morning. These last two weeks have been uh, a, lot of, a lot of teaching. So I promise you, Paul, there will be a really nice contemplation next week. Um, we will, we'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll do that for the ascension. Uh, but no, there was a lot of teaching these two weeks. These were really kind of just good stuff to dig into and so rather, I'm going to invite Doug and Rich to, to sing a song, um, uh, one that speaks to the heart of what we've been talking about this morning. You, you'll know it. It's a song. Uh, feel free to stay seated. Uh, stand if you really want to. This is, to, this is your time with God. Um, you know, uh, perhaps we can, uh, you know, take a deep breath. We can, we can center ourselves on being in this moment as they, as they play this song. This song that I want to, it's an invitation. Let's use it as an invitation this morning to come to Christ's table, his altar, and our own meal with him. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Christ Jesus and Holy Spirit, we pray that through your word, that through this in exchange with Peter, we might be able to see a little bit of ourselves in next to that charcoal fire on the shore. 
that with whatever we've done, whatever we may be ashamed of, whatever we've done to others, whatever others have done to us, whatever failures lurk within the shadows of our heart, whatever doubts are, 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 are racing through our minds, God, we know that you sit there with us just as with Peter around a charcoal fire. As one friend to another just simply saying, do you love me? If so, then just go feed my sheep. That's it. Just go feed my sheep. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts just as we forgive those who are indebted to us. It's not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.